So welcome everybody to the Pragmatic Institute webcast series. Uh, my name is Diane Pearson and I'm an instructor at Pragmatic Institute. And today I have the great pleasure to interview Kathy Greenler Sexton, who I have known longer than either one of us is going to admit to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> just, a, just a little bit, but yes, yes. Just a, just a little bit. But Kathy today um, comes to us from uh, Subscription Insider, where she is the CEO and founder. Subscription Insider delivers best practices, training, and research through membership, training events, and conferences. Kathy's been doing this for just over five years. Now, before that, and, and I believe, Kathy, this is where we first met, was um, the Software Information Industry Association, the SIIA. Kathy was mm -hmm. the- Absolutely. Um, yeah, VP and general manager at the time I met you, and then you ended up on the board. Uh, then, of course, you started Subscription Insider. But before that, Kathy has a, a wealth of experience even, even beyond the experience uh, that we've just mentioned. She has been a chief marketing officer for companies like Zoom Info, BLR, and Office.com. So Kathy understands the challenges of all types of business and the go-to-market issues that they can have. But today, we're going to specifically talk about subscription businesses. When I called Kathy and asked her, what's the number one issue on everybody's mind? What did you tell me, Kathy? <laughs> retention, retention, and retention. Retention. That's, absolutely. Uh, I'm, first of all, I am so excited to be here and to be talking with you today. As we've known each other for years, you're one of the smartest people in the business, and it's great to be talking about retention today with you. So I'm excited. I am too. And let's start with a, a general sort of question because it seems to me when I think of subscriptions, I can get almost anything delivered to my door now on a monthly basis, but I can also go online and download almost any type of business software or solution, even get advice on a monthly basis. So give me some examples of the breadth of the subscription business today and what's been happening in the past few years. And the past few weeks as well. Uh, yes, so, indeed. Absolutely. So um, the subscription industry, when you think about its footprint on the overall economy, uh, Zora actually coined a term called the subscription economy. And that's just because recurring revenue business models are so pervasive. They're, they're way beyond the gym memberships and the publishing and direct mail clubs of old. Subscription businesses really are in every single segment of the economy, whether you're subscribing to cars, whether you're subscribing to data uh, for businesses, there's software, there's OTT, uh, entertainment, streaming, there's um, subscription boxes, direct to consumer. There's the media and the publishing, there's associations, membership clubs, you know, everything that you can think of. People, especially millennials and other generations other than the, um, the boomers, are uh, really adopting subscriptions as their go-to way of experiencing a product, both consumers and businesses. So, so that's, let's say, point number one. And then, then point number two is, what you've seen in the landscape, uh, we've seen really a maturing of, of the subscription model. 
I would say, you know, five years ago, you had the early adopters that were really bringing things to market across all these categories that I just mentioned. And a lot of the best practices in terms of leveraging data to extend lifetime value, and I'm gonna get geeky with some of these, these terms, but I'm sure Geek your audience really. knows them, right? Yes. Um, that ability in the early part of, of the, the subscription economy was really limited to, to companies that had big budgets, big databases, or as we say up in Boston, databases, and then you can, <laughs> um, you know, to really drive and extend the lifetime value and really know that 360 degree view of the customer. What's happened is the platforms have allowed many, many companies access to the capability to really mention, uh, look at your, your, your analytics, your retention, and other elements of your business, even going to market uh, on platforms at any stage in any budget. So you can really launch very easily a business these days, whether, you know, pick, pick the segment and offer recurring business. And so that's the great opportunity that we've been seeing with tens of millions of companies jumping into the subscription economy, trying to, to make their millions. And that's really been, let's say, up until the, the past couple months, which we're gonna be talking about in, in a second, um, you know, the real thinking has been, you know, launching, the market's getting more crowded, so you have to get more sophisticated. There's more tools out there that are helping people be more sophisticated. And the people and the companies who really understand recurring revenue, subscription best practices are those that are, are winning. And it's amazing what some people are, are doing um, in order to do that. Now, the past you know, couple weeks when we're yes. recording this, uh, the world has changed. Mm -hmm. And we've always known, and I have been a proponent, you've heard me talk about this forever, <laughs> about retention. The number one mistake companies make in general prior to these few weeks is not focusing on retention. You know, it, it costs a lot more to acquire a new customer than it does to retain. And many companies getting into the subscription business focus so much at the top of the funnel and worry about the cost of, cost of customer acquisition and bringing them in, but they don't have that understanding, the tools and the data in place to understand how all that is translating into the most profitable customer and you know, lifetime value of that customer. And that was so critical even before a few weeks ago. And guess what? Boom. Everybody now is canceling. They're looking at expenses. Millions of people are, you know, looking for work. Um, and that's the downside. But on the positive side, there's actually some segments of the subscription economy that are booming. So I don't know who listening to this, what part of that you are in the point is you have to be focused 1 million percent on retention and that starts at the moment your customers purchase from you when they're the most excited you need to really create that relationship that value and you need to support it with the data and and, and the tools and the analytics so that everybody across your team is on board and focused on 
retaining the most profitable segments for your company. You know, let's dive into that a little bit more because you're talking about thinking about retention as soon as the customer comes on board. Now with a subscription yep. business, that seems like it might be natural. I mean, they've signed up, it's a monthly, probably a mon monthly deduction from a, a PayPal account or from a credit card or a P card, purchasing card. Why, what do they need to be thinking about right then? Well, one of the things to think about, you obviously need to understand your, your customer and subscriber persona. And many times in a subscription business, this is counterintuitive. The reason why people buy is going to be different than the reason why they renew. So you need to really understand what are the converting reasons of why they buy. It might be, and this is usually the case, they have a pressing need for some software for the business or some information to help them with something or a streaming service to help keep their kids busy, whatever it is. But the reason that they're going to, whatever it takes, right? <laughs> and then, you know, so the retaining, I, I guess I'm, I'm using my hands today here, but the retaining, if you've already fulfilled that immediate need, then what are you doing to keep them engaged with your product? Are you looking at your customer's utilization of your product? How are you, how, how are you understanding why they're keeping and using that product on an ongoing basis. And you need to really understand that and continue to remind them of that every single day, week, month that they're using your product. Because that's how you're going to retain them, especially in this retention competitive environment that we have now just entered. And so when you think about that, that certainly sounds like ongoing messaging, maybe some training and onboarding. Is there a company that comes to mind that's doing this really well? Is somebody you could say, that's, that's one of the ways to do this? Well, I will tell you, um, there's some great examples like uh, in the direct-to-consumer subscription box space where the subscription boxes uh, like Beachbody and there's others where they really try and create a community. So it's, it's, they get the delivery every month, but it's, that's almost the afterthought, if you will. It's about the experience and the community and that brand. So they're really trying to connect with their customers, their subscribers in other ways other than that monthly delivery. So that is a great example of, of one way to, to, to look at that. What is it about communities, some good examples maybe from companies that you've spoken to and advised who are really doing it right, building this community that helps with retention? The best communities and the best way of offering connection, the companies that really think through every element of what they do, from the personality of their brand, the personality of their copy, they are out there consistently in ways uh, on social media, in communicating with them, perhaps not on social media, but on social platforms in ways to do things. I know B2B companies are doing some video and other community building things, which you can do in these worlds of, of COVID and, and all of that. You can connect and you can do things. You need to understand though, 
what your community needs. Do they, you know, do they need more information? Do they need, you know, what do they need that's going to really connect with your brand? But um, just offering a subscription and not thinking through how your customer is going to essentially emotionally connect with your brand. Those, the, the companies that think through that are the ones that are successful mm-hmm. um, in, in one part. There's, a, there's obviously other things that make them successful, but you need the to. Community um, piece, it's, it really has to be a part of who you are. And so you have to understand these subscribers so well that you know what they need, whether it's education or fun or uh, guidance, maybe best practices around maybe a practice, not just the software itself or, or you know, an opportunity to share what you bought with other people if it's a consumer product. So you really, I, I liked that idea of this theme and understanding who you are and who your market is. I also really like, and we talk about this in our in Pragmatic Institute classes, this idea that the people who, who continue to subscribe, they're different than the people who have subscribed for the first time. And maybe even those people who subscribe in month one are very different than the people who stay with you in month two, three, and, and X. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. I think that's a great point. <clears throat> I hope that your, uh, your students um, are measuring all of that through some great cohort analysis so they can understand the difference in behaviors. Because with that, they will be able to understand some trends either just in general interest or, and they would be able to actually even identify some operational issues if they came up with some things that are off, uh, off trend that they, they see in that analysis. Well, and, and you know, I'm really, obviously, cause this is the shameless plug time, really glad you brought that up because of course, with our data science classes, <laughs> the learning through the data that we gather is so important because you really can find those patterns I remember when I was working for one of the um, companies that built software and services for lawyers and law firms, we had found through a series of data analysis that after three years, anybody who was with us for three years was going to stay with us indefinitely, unless something horrible went wrong or they changed their business. And for us, that was something that we, we had discovered. Is that the kind of data people are finding? Is that typical still, or are there any trends in the industry about, how long people are staying, why they're staying, anything that you can avoid in that way. To sound like a consultant, it depends, honestly. Because okay. what's the price point of your product? Who are your customers? What are you offering? What, you know, what's the competitive landscape? And how good is your product compared to your competitors? All of that matters. In general, though, your first conversion, so people sign up, your first conversion is always going to be lower than your next conversion. And many companies will measure them separately and not blend them so that they can truly understand because that first conversion, that first renewal payment is really, really critical because the product's new and they're really paying a lot of attention. And it's not that they're not paying attention to when they've been a customer for a long time. It's just that you've already proven your value and they trust you and you've built that up. So that's something really to, to keep in mind and, and really measure. Oh, that's a, that's a great metric. So the first conversion, meaning the first payment they make to you after the instance of subscription, so maybe monthly, month one is, is often separated from month two. 
<clears throat> yeah. Because they almost get that. This is the reality now. And, and now what happens? What are some of the other metrics that are very good metrics for somebody who's thinking, what should I start with? Well, I think really understanding lifetime value, the biggest recommendation I make for any recurring revenue company, and I have seen companies that you would think really get this, but they don't because the way that companies tend to be organized is everybody's focused on acquisition and then retention has generally been thought to be an afterthought. And, and so I've been in rooms with some of the biggest brands in recurring revenue and subscriptions. And it's like, okay, everybody raise your hand. How many of you can tell me based on acquisition channel, what the lifetime value is of, of your customers. And generally when I ask this question, 10% raise their hand, wow. which is a growth opportunity. It's a growth opportunity for, for the industry in general, you know, intuitively when you, you talk about it, it's like, okay, if my products a hundred dollars and through, uh, search engine marketing, I get a three month, um, you know, subscription, that's $300 lifetime value. Um, however, if I use a, an affiliate marketing, I get uh, one and a half month <laughs> lifetime and it's, I get $150. Yep. And then I get referrals and I've got 12 months, uh, you know, so it's 1200 bucks. And and people do not, they intellectually, they understand it. And now there are tools in the market uh, that are allowing companies to really track true recurring revenue based on acquisition source. Uh, so the tools are catching up. It used to be you'd have to do a lot of spreadsheet gymnastics <laughs> to, yeah, exactly. to, get to, that, to get to that data. Uh, but those who really understand that and can track that and manage to it, though, you know, and understand, you know, it's okay to use affiliate marketing, just spend less per customer on the acquisition. That's all, you know, it doesn't mean don't do it. It's just do it smartly. If, if you've got an acquisition channel, that's just going to have a shorter lifetime value. You're, you're going to find some bluebirds in there and they'll stay, stay longer. And that's always the case. So that's, one thing there, um, there was another point is relates to retention. I want to bring up many times um, that I just touched on retention uh, is not really owned by anybody. Um, it's owned by everybody. Yes. And um, therefore nobody owns it. And, and, you know, there's technology, there's product, there's marketing, there's sales, there's a lot of different places retention could be placed. You also have finance involved in retention because of the issues of payment card processing and really keeping track of successful payments and utilizing best practices, best practices for the setup and management of, of, uh, of, of your recurring revenue and then the management of failed payments to, to minimize that. And there's a whole art and science around there that, that companies mm -hmm. focus on. So retention really touches a lot of areas in the company. And if your business is not mindful of that and has a leader of, of that, 
who really owns it, then everybody's, it's like, you know, the blind man and the elephant, everybody's working on their little part, but nobody's really seeing the big picture. And, and so that's an organizational leadership, really understanding things. And, and it's a critical mistake that many companies make. And as we're getting into where we are now, you need to really think through who owns retention and whoever does, they need to work with every single ex area of expertise in the, in your company, because all these areas, you know, product, customer service, there's legal, there's finance, there's marketing, there's sales. It touches every element of, of, of your business and all those elements do impact retention in some way or another. You hope, you hope customer service doesn't impact it in a big way or only positive, but you get, you got to be on top of all of it to, to confirm that. Well, and, and what you said earlier really ties to that, which is there are so many elements that are going to influence retention. The product is certainly one of them. And especially in that, that first validation, that first, box they open the first time they actually use the software, whatever it may be, yeah. the first time they read the journal. But after that, it, it could be anything. Because if you get them over that hurdle, it does seem like there, there are all those other points that all of a sudden could make or break the subscription. So I know you mentioned earlier that there are some newer tools on the market. I know we've, we've seen a lot of tools over the past five to 10 years. I, I know you don't necessarily want to recommend anything one over the other, but what are some of the tools that are available if somebody's thinking, we need to do this, but I don't even know where to look? Um, yeah, there's, there's um, different categories of tools. So there's analytical tools. So there's companies that are in the category of, let's say, uh, sublytics. And sublytics is you know, um, analytics platform, as you could well imagine, uh, that's really focused on recurring revenue. So you can really track that acquisition through the lifetime value to really get a good sense of things. There's platforms like even Brightback, um, which is another uh, type of analytics uh, platform, which really is focused exclusively on retention. Um, and then there's other tools that are supporting the cancellation process with, let's say, save offers and other types of things. You need to be careful as you move into using some of these tools that you're very mindful of, um, of what the law is on ease of cancellation. Um, mm -hmm. The FCC has been very clear that you need to allow cancellation um, in, in the same, um, format, let's say if, on, if you can sign up online, you have to cancel online. You can't force somebody to go through a save process via a phone call. So mm -hmm. that's, that's the rule of the day now. And there are some companies, um, that have, how can I say, been so over enthusiastic about, are you sure you want to cancel? Are you sure you want yeah. to cancel? Are you sure you want to cancel? No, 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 no. Please press these 20 buttons and you go through. And, you know, it's, there's a fine line. So obviously doing a few save things and asking and perhaps offering them some choices, that's great best practices in terms of trying to save a customer, offering something different um, that might be more relevant to them given 
you know, their current situation. Uh, but don't be that company that makes it so hard to cancel that you're going to get into some compliance issues. Um, and I will say one example um, of customers uh, and, and brands. I, I, I'm going to give a shout out to the NBA, you know, given, ah. given, um, given the current COVID-19, they're not playing. So that's right. What they've, what they have done is they have paused all subscriptions. So they have saved all their customers. All subscriptions are paused until they are back and running and operating with, with the live games. And that's wow. an amazing, an amazing approach, uh, which really talks to their thoughtfulness and really being customer centric. Um, it's, it's obviously supporting their business and they're keeping their customers, but obviously if their customers can't see all the games in the league pass, they're going to be canceling. And so it's, it's a win-win for everybody. So that's what a wonderful idea. I mean, that's just terrific. And you know, you've, you've mentioned now something that's responding to a direct immediate unforeseen issue in, in subscriptions, which is COVID-19. And certainly some subscriptions are up. I, I have padded up our uh, viewing options pretty heavily. Uh, you know, as you say, you're trying to keep kids busy. I'm, is there anything that keeps cats busy? Anything. <laughs> I'm sure there's a cat channel. I'm sure there I'm is. I'm sure there's got to be a cat channel. <laughs> but when we think about this, I think that's a wonderful example. Just pausing the subscription and saying, you know what, you're not getting the value out of this right now. I understand you. I understand the, the core value you, you're trying to get. What a great idea. What are some of the other things you're seeing? And again, whether you want to mention companies or not, what are some of the, the smart things and, and maybe the missteps that you're seeing that, that would be cautionary tales for others? Well, I think um, we're going to see a lot of that over the coming months. I, I, um, I think many companies are still trying to figure this out. Uh, there's a few companies like the NBA League Pass that have paused their subscriptions. And um, there's other companies that are offering free subscriptions uh, for the duration of the COVID-19 um, epidemic, pandemic. Uh, Zoom video conferencing is an example of that. And, you know, their CEO got out in front of it and said, look, if, if you know, we have these free, free tools and, oh, by the way, if you're an educational institution, put in and uh, let us know and we'll get you set up on our enterprise educational platform. And uh, it's been, you know, amazing. I mean, so different companies are stepping up in different ways and dependent on kind of who they are, who their customer base is, and not really, you know, now's the time not to be really capitalizing in a overt way on what's going on because we're all too focused on trying to stay safe and managing working from home and teaching our children full time while our parents are in um, elderly housing that you can't visit anymore because they're so afraid of people transmitting the virus. It's hard times and we just, whatever a company does, you just need to be mindful and really try and support people through this period. And, you know, we'll get through it. And you want to really think about who you are and creating that value for your customers. So when you get to the other side, 
they remember and they will remember. And they will remember. I think that's one of the most important messages that we can send. This is, this is a, a condensation and I guess it just shines such a bright light too on how companies do react that, that we're all looking right now. And when you think about those two very different responses, one of them is, is ceasing the subscription, pausing, not ceasing, but pausing. The other one is offering free. And, yep. and if you had flipped those in the situations, it wouldn't have worked at all. There's no point yep. in getting a free NBA subscription right now because there's nothing to watch. Right. Yep. And conversely, you certainly wouldn't want to pause a subscription to a, a video channel. And so I think your, your point there about know who you are and who your customers are and, and what is this relationship we've got really uh -huh. does guide what you should do. And I, I think that that's, that's something to remember as we go forward, not just during COVID-19, but, but as we go forward, period, whether everybody's watching or not, certainly our subscribers are. Yes, they are. They are. Absolutely. When subscription businesses think retention strategy, and it sounds like a lot of them aren't, aren't even there, but if they are, what do they most often forget? I think, first of all, many companies are thinking about retention uh, because the tidal wave has hit us and we are quickly reacting. And, and the companies that have reacted thus far have great leadership and great teams that have done their business process planning and they already had a plan in place or they've got great teams and leadership to really think things through quickly. Uh, but that doesn't mean that if your company hasn't gotten there yet, that you're behind the curve because most people are coming out of shell shock and figuring out where they are. So, That's you know, okay. uh, yeah, you know, so if I'm going to recommend one thing for your listeners and, and viewers, it's easy to think about a solution and do something quickly and reactive, but don't forget the basics of understanding who your customer is and what they need and somehow figure out how to get that feedback or sanity check. Even if it's quick and dirty because you do have to move quickly, you don't want to shoot yourself in the foot by, by forgetting to do some of those basics that we all know we should be doing because we are in the middle of a situation where we have to move quickly. So that would be my big, big recommendation there. I, I think that's great. I mean, after all, personas, understanding your personas, the problems that they have, using the data and validate your assumptions, it's back to basics. It absolutely is. And it's, it's exactly where we ought to be and, and now more than ever. So yep. Mm -hmm. Well, again, we have Kathy Greenler Sexton today from Subscription Insider. Thank you so much. This was so fun. I'm so glad we had a chance to do this. Really have enjoyed the conversation. And, uh, you know, get any questions, come, up, come my way, reach out to me. I'm happy to answer any subscription-related questions you and your, your, your viewers might have. Great. Well, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. And um, I look forward to chatting again. 